Hi everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. And this is just a test. This is a test. This is a test. DJ. Okay, and what is your name, DJ, too? No, it's Adolfo. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Trevor. Nice to meet you. Nice to um, meet you. So this is for No Cartridge, my podcast. Um, so how long have you been in the scene? I've been in the scene since Injustice 1. Since Injustice 1, so about five years ago. Okay, nice. And uh, is DBZ your game now, or is that just like a... DBZ is my game now. I'm trying to make it my game so far. So, like, one of the reasons I was super interested in watching you play, and, like, you had a couple of great comeback wins, is because you put... Oh, uh, you can... Okay. You put a couple, you put 120 bucks down on the auction, which was massive and like a very cool move, I think, very confident. What made you so confident in doing that last bid? Yeah, I'm just my boy and someone has to rep him. If it's not me, then no one's repping him. <laughs> there you go. Um, and like, what do you think about like, so you had a couple of comeback victories. How do you sort of like, and like with Apology Man, you almost came back in the end yeah. too. Like, is that sort of part of your philosophy, just like down to the last hit? Or like, how do you, is that like just for these matches? There's always a chance your opponent messes up when you got the lead, and you always take the chance and you take it back. All right, cool, man. Well, thanks so much. Anything else you want to add? No problem. Uh, just keep at it if you're trying to. Keep practicing, and you'll get there. Appreciate it, dude. So this is pretty crazy so far. It's really fun. Um, I like watching all this stuff. I like actually like I've started rooting for certain players. Um, coming up with exactly how I'm going to talk to them about it is a little rough, but like there's some really cool stuff going on here. It's a blast. So uh, I can't wait to see how it works out. Uh, looks like it's um, Apology Man's here in the final, which is exciting. Uh, looking forward to seeing how that goes. Yeah, 
So, uh, your handle is? Uh, Apology Man. All right, and uh, your real name, what can I call you? Uh, Vineeth, uh, Vineeth Minka, yes. Oh, Vineeth, nice to meet you. Dude. So, um, I noticed your handle while we were while I was watching. I'm really new to the FGC scene. I'm just like covering it uh, for, for No Cartridge, my podcast. But one of my friends online said you were like a big MVC3 guy. So like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, is Dragon Ball your new deal? Or are you just like, playing a lot of stuff these days? Uh, so nowadays, um, like in the past, I would play like kind of multiple games. Like even in like the last like two years of Marvel 3, I play a little SF5. I played Smash 4 even a little bit and a little uh, Blaze Blue. But um, now, right now, I'm just fully focused on Dragon Ball. Nice, nice. And so like, so what what got you about the auction? I mean, did you just like the team really like a lot that they were offering and you bid or did you just like, was it just kind of luck? So I'm actually kind of mad. Uh, I really wanted Piccolo, my main team is the exact, like, literally the exact team my opponent had in Grand Finals. <laughs> in the same order, like the exact same team. So uh, the team that I bought was a team uh, Daddy Daycare, and I thought it had Piccolo on it for sure. Because well, yeah, he's, no, like, he's sure. like the best dad, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, and knowing Keats, like, that's something he would do. But it, I got Gotenks instead and Vegeta, which was fine because I also play Vegeta. Oh, so it was like Daddy Daycare and that, like, the kid was there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so sure, I was sure. like, one of them has to be Piccolo, but I never got Piccolo. Ah, oh, man, yeah, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that, that was, like, that final was the most you were really, uh, you were really pushed. Were you nervous there for a little bit? Oh, no, no, no. I was, so, like, I was confident as long as my Vegeta stayed alive. Okay. So I was a little bit scared when he got that combo on me as Vegeta. I, I, I sparking blast to say, him because I was like if I lose him and I'm only down to go tank so I'm not gonna win yeah now that dodge you did behind his piccolo uh, super move like to get him from behind right there that like changed the match oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was awesome <laughs> well so congrats man that was a really good win um, do you have anything to add about the FGC scene anything that like you want to tell so like the people listening to my podcast might not know too much about it I don't I'm still learning so like um, so like, what do you have to say about the scene, like combo breaker, anything at all? Uh, combo breaker. I mean, this is my first time at this event. Um, it's like a great event. I really like it. Uh, for anyone that's like trying to get into the FGC, you know, like, don't, it's it's like a little, it's a little overwhelming because like a lot of uh, a lot of other competitive games are all online, right? Right. Like uh, a lot of the FGC is very offline driven. So going out to an event, like even if you're not good, like whatever, just just going out to the event is like a big deal like if you have the courage to go out to the event you're gonna have a great time so just just come out like that's that's the biggest thing i could like tell anybody just it's fun if you like fighting games then like support your local scene and like come out like it'll there there nobody in the fgc for the most part is like you know like we're all really welcoming yeah everyone seems super friendly it's yeah great. exactly so uh, anywhere people can follow you online or anything you're doing these days yeah yeah, yeah. so you can follow me on twitter at uh at apology man just just uh, apology man okay and um, I, I, you can follow me on Twitch at ApologyMan as well, but yeah. All right, sweet man, thanks. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so I'm here with Rodney, uh, and your uh, tag is? Rodney Red. Nice, cool. So, um, is uh, is Guilty Gear your game, or is it just like you have a running kind of stable of stuff? Uh, Guilty Gear is my game. I play, also play Skullgirls, but like Guilty Gear is kind of like my main game. I've been playing Guilty Gear for like a long time, ten years. Main Axel, happy to get them for like thirty bucks. I was hoping to get them for like ten, 
but I was a little bit too anxious, and I kind of gave myself away. But that's cool. Yeah, it's tough on auctions, man. Like you can get yourself really, you can get in your head immediately. Um, you kind of had a bad matchup. Uh, do you think it was because, like, was it just kind of like a, a couple of bad matches, or was it just like the the distance versus the the close up? What What do you think went wrong for you? Well, no option select. I just sucked that game, <laughs> and um, what I had a game plan coming in. What I was supposed to do, I was just keep at neutral range, but I didn't expect them to be so good with like sniper shot. Yeah, they were really good. Because like normally you just uh, push them to the corner, you do shotgun, and then I was like ready for that because all I have to do is just you know dust, and I'm holding back anyway, so I could just melody chain and just yellow room and cancel that. But it didn't go out the way that I wanted it to go out. Yeah. But you know it's hype. I lost 30 bucks, but it's hype. It's for the community. You know, I want Bears to win now. I want Bears to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, Bears seems to have a lot of support in the audience. Uh, are you are you competing in the main event, main tourney with this? Yeah, I'm competing in the main tourney with this. It's um, hopefully I do better than what I did now. I'll show you well. And uh, like at least made our pools, but Lasso was also in my pool. So there's that, and hopefully this isn't you know serendipitous and things to come because he also is like an amazing elf elf. Yeah, no, for sure. So. Hopefully, you know, karma goes my way and, you know, I get a couple games of them. All right, man. Thanks. Anything you want to add about the FGC scene? I'm kind of new to it. Maybe my listeners are. I'm not sure. Um, I guess it doesn't matter. No game, like, holds the community. No game strengthens the community. I'm for about all of us coming together and just doing what we love. It doesn't matter if you play DBZ. It doesn't, ma doesn't matter if you play Smash. doesn't matter. As long as you do what you do and you love doing what you do and you're hype, even if you get bodied, that is the soul of the FGC. Right on, man. Thank you so much. So uh, this is for No Cartridge. I'm Trevor Strunk, um, and you are? I am Zenzen. Nice to meet you. Nice um, to meet you too. And your handle is? Zenzen. Easy. Um, so you did. Uh, you had a great run as Kai. Um, tell me a little bit about it. So I was talking with Rodney uh, earlier about like what to watch for in Guilty Gear, because I'm like, I love the game, but I'm terrible at it. So I don't really get how to play it. You clearly do. So uh, how do you how do you play Kai? What's, what's sort of your? your move there. So I play Kai actually kind of weird comparatively to like, Hamad's like the other really strong Kai in America. He plays very passive and just wants to react to everything and like all that. I tend I tend to play a lot more aggressive and I'm, it's kind of greedy, but I'm, I also have taken a lot of cues from him and just try to play reactive So because it's a lot more stable. Okay, makes sense. Um, so you were the one person to take uh, a game away from Jam who won, or a, a, a match round. away, yeah, a round. Um, what uh, what was your sort of like how did you sort of understand let me ask this a different way did you did you change anything from your first uh round that informed your second round uh not really i just kind of played on instinct so this morning i actually ended up playing doran 2k for about an hour and a half so i ended up getting a lot of jam experience okay so it i think it helped at least take that round yeah no i mean you you definitely did the, it was a great match um so I'm new to the FGC community. I don't know how much my audience listens to it, is uh, affiliated with it or not. Some are, some aren't. 
But just for those who aren't, uh, what's your, like, do you have anything to say about the FGC community? Anything that you'd like to sort of like, if anyone's not familiar with it, that you'd want them to know? Um, it's a pretty, a lot of people are really nice. Um, and just being able to be around people and play games with them offline, hang out with them, like, when I go to tournaments, I don't really care about the tournament as much as like the experience of hanging out with some of the people that I only get to see a few times a year. So it's more like a, it's almost more like a con in a way. Yeah. All right. It's a social event that happens to have a video game tournament. <laughs> in it. That's cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, and Twitter anywhere people can follow you. Uh, my Twitter is at zenzen underscore eva eva. All right. Cool. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much. So, uh, Trevor, no cartridge, uh, and you're Connor. What's yeah. your uh, gamer tag? Uh, LTL. LTL. Okay. So I was watching your match earlier today. Um, it was really, really good. Like, um, it was like totally fun to watch. One of the more enjoyable matches of the day. You were playing against Perfect Legend. Now I'm not super familiar with the FGC scene. Some of my listeners probably are and are mad at me right now. But I don't really know too much about like the the lore of people here. So from what the announcers were saying, both of you guys, like you're sort of more like an up and coming guy, and he's sort of more of an established guy. Is that reasonable? Uh, yes. I came from uh, my, the first game I pretty much got competitive in was uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, which was back in 2014. So I'm a, so I'm a bit new. Uh, new to the fighting games essentially um and perfect legend's been a around for a while and and he's probably probably most known for uh him getting like the 13-0 from by sonic fox at an event wow and yeah i'm i've been playing uh anim like the anime games for a while uh i tried playing street Fi fighter wasn't a huge fan of it so i'm yeah i just I've always liked anime games, and I always just like the flow and the movement of them. Uh, Perfect Legend comes from the Nether Realm games, which are, they're more grounded and uh, really stiff, and just generally a bit more uh, footsy focused. You can't block in the air, for example. So, yeah, I'm j and uh, anime is basically all about movement and uh, how to control your opponents and all that. So, you know, that's interesting because I was definitely seeing that when I was watching the. Um some of the Guilty Gear stuff earlier. They were doing like an auction tournament and there was a lot of like controlling movement, controlling space. Um, I didn't notice that as much in Dragon Ball, but in your fight I did. So like, how do you sort of understand strategy working in DBZ? Um, well, general, there's a lot of options that are uh, really strong in DBFC that you have to be aware of. Like super dashing is, is generally just really good to avoid projectiles and uh, the best way to stop it is just with uh, uh, two aging, which is basically an a your a universal anti-air in that game, and there's also uh, vanish, which you can also uh, two uh, two age anti-air, but it's kind, but it's uh, it's plus, so it uh, as well, and then sometimes you just can't because of the there's startup, and there's uh, and dragon rush is a is like a throw, but it works kind of backwards, like you have to tech it before it hits you, and yeah, it's just a very uh, there's a lot of things you have to be aware about in this game. Like offense is insanely strong. Defense is critical in this game because when you're on offense, it's just really hard for defense to do anything. Right. And once you understand the options that defense has, you can 
pretty much deal with it uh, fine. Of course, there, there is going to be a lot of uh, rock, paper, scissors situations in this game. Sure. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, once you get adapted to all that, it, all, it sort of comes naturally to you. The first game I fought him, like, it was, I was trying to feel out what he was trying to do, and I kind of figured, and I kind of fig figured out how what kind of player he was after that first match. And once I understood that, I was able to take what I learned from that match and realize uh, his, what he likes to do uh, in neutral and on defense, and just deal with it in uh, the second and third matches. Cool, cool. So um, that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, let me just ask you one more question. So like for anyone who's new to the FGC scene, some of my listeners are veterans, but some aren't um, myself. I'm just kind of like, I've been playing fighting games forever, but just as a casual. Um, what do you, what would you have to say about like the FGC? What's, what's sort of your take on it? Um, I, re I love the FGC. Uh, the, everyone's really helpful. Um, and everyone will answer questions. Um, but when you do ask a question, try to make it as specific as possible. So. And once you're, once you get, uh, start asking more questions like that, instead of how do, how do I get better, and just focus on what should I have done better in this situation. Right. And yeah, once you get, and it's just a very, uh, it's a, it's a lot of thing. Uh, it's a thing that new players are unfortunately uh, not uh, doing properly. But when, when they, the ones that do, end up becoming. Uh, really uh, committed and uh, respectful players. Cool, and favorite Persona game? I'm judging by your shirt, your pins, and your fighting game uh, uh, history, you have an opinion here. Favorite SMT Persona game? Um, I really like Persona 5, but I, I've got, always got a place in my heart for Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. That game was insanely fun, and I just couldn't, can't uh, credit that game enough for how, for, uh, how, I've, how I've adapted to this uh, uh, community. Right on, man. Thank you so much. Yep, you're very welcome. All right, so I'm here with Phil. Phil Nolan, right? Yeah, all right. Um, so do you have a handle? Is that like, do you have like a smash handle? Nil Fallen, just like the Twitter, just like everywhere. Yeah, so it's the, yeah, like the Spoonerized version. It's good. Thank it's good. Thank you for understanding. Yeah, well, of I course. I can't tell you how many times in brackets someone's been like, Ni Fallen? Like... <laughs> Like real weird stuff. They just look at it and think for a minute. I'm like, you mean me? It's people, me. people looked at mine in the in the Skullgirls tourney and were like, um, Helgebold, Hel Hen, and I was like, you know, I should have probably picked an easier name. Um, that's how it goes. That's why it's wild that the DQ rules are so stringent here. <laughs> it's like y'all can't pronounce anybody's name. <laughs> it's brutal, but like, I mean, they do call out a lot, but it is like, once you're DQ'd, you're done. So your game is pretty much Smash, right? Yeah, Melee specifically. Okay. That's like where I put most of my time in. So how how deep into that scene are you? How far along have you gotten? Where do you compete? I've never been a particularly good player, but I've been a regular local and major attendee for three or four years. Um, I watch most majors if I can't attend them. Um, and I shoot docs, interviews, whatever people need whenever they need it for the scene. Mostly on the East Coast, but anytime I travel, I try and broaden my horizons for it. Nice. So um, you seem really like connected with the scene. You seem like you actually like have a, a stake in it. Um, how would you characterize the scene? Because this is something I've been asking everyone. Like, what do they have to think about it? And I've heard a lot of different things. They all kind of constellate around the same. But I, because you've actually thought about it as like a crafting exercise, I'm interested to hear what you'd say. 
It's yeah, it's such a strange. It has the strangest narrative of any scene, obviously, with the whole the dock and the Evo Drive and the Summer Smash and the resurgence and all the people who carry the flame when Nintendo wouldn't. And that gives us a peculiar ownership over our scene that most scenes don't have. Like most retro scenes, like Super Turbo has to self-sustain, I'm pretty sure. So they're similar to us. Same thing with Third Strike. But we had this boom in the early aughts that has made us a big enough eSport that we now can fill larger halls and events. And I think, I mean, drama or no drama, I think people want to play the game. And a lot of a lot of people want to play the game still. So whatever happens, I think we endure simply off that, that like people are fiends and they'll show up. And if you're having a fest, you'll have more people than you can fit in your apartment. And if you're having a tournament, you'll have more people than you can cram in front of setups. Like, has, haven't had a scarcity problem in years, so. So I'm interested also, like, for Smash particularly, there's a way in which, like, the different versions endure. Like, Smash Melee versus, like, the Melee. I, I'm not a huge Smash guy. I've always been really bad at it, so, like, I'll play at parties and never pick it up myself. But, like, you know, the one on the Wii, the one on the GameCube, the one on the N64, maybe a little less that one. But, like, it seems like people are still playing the various versions. Is that the case? Is it sort of something like Street Fighter, or does it always go to the newest version? I think it's a lot like Street Fighter. I think 5 and 4, in this case, Street Fighter 5 and Smash 4, both have this, like, the dominant majority tournament turnout. Like, if you look at this one, I think they have uh, about 20% more entrance than Melee does here. Okay. And I feel like that still happens at majors, unless it's, like, a Melee-specific major, which is another thing that happens. But, um... I think the comparison to Street Fighter is like super, super apt because there is a core dedicated 64 community that is, they're way too good for newcomers. And it's like the same thing with Third Strike and Super Turbo where like, if you're going to pick this game up, you have to su submit yourself to possibly years of suffering before you start looking good. <laughs> but like, people still love it and they'll welcome you in. Like, if you want to suffer through that, people will help you every step of the way. And yeah, there's that core little community for 64 like there is for Third Strike and Turbo. There's, Third Strike is kind of having a revival. Hopefully it'll end up as big as Melee. That would be sick because it's a sick game. Yeah, and then, rocks. And then Brawl and Street Fighter 4 are both what I would consider dead enough. Their side events are scarce. PM is kind of, if you're familiar with Project M, is the outlier. It has to be dead because Nintendo can't have, you can't have a major tournament with sponsors and cash flow and sustainable funding, and without Nintendo's okay, right? Really? Yeah. Wow. And Nintendo obviously doesn't want a fan mod of their game to be a prevailing event, like to be up there, because if it was, it would be third to Melee, right? Like it would be Smash 4, Melee, PM. And yeah, so I would compare that to 4 and that it lives inside events. Okay. And then Smash 4 and Street Fighter 5 are very similar in kind of the way the developers responded to making the game, like making it accessible but still faithful, and kind of sustaining it a little bit. So are people excited about Smash 5 or worried? I think the default Melee response is, like, no matter what we say, we're just going to play Melee. Like, it's it's definitely like that, but like we'll embrace it. People still buy it. People still play it a little bit, but you, there's no point in expecting Nintendo to like foster melee with a new game that is like melee. There's 
it's impossible to expect that. But I think what they're going to do, they want to get closer to Melee than I think Smash 4 was relative to Brawl, if that yeah. makes any sense. And yeah. they've invited, they, they're having their Invitational at E3. They invited four Melee players of very high repute, four Smash 4 players of very high repute. And I think that's a very curious thing. The last time for the Invitational for Smash 4, they brought in um, a fair amount of influencers, right? They brought in two or three really good players and then just a swath of influencers to- Yeah, like celebs or whatever. Yeah, to get, sure. to get eyeballs on the game. And one of the marquee things I remember seeing was when Reggie Fizam played Hungrybox. And God, it was, it was the most pointless thing I think I've ever seen in a fighting game. It was, it was pathetic. It was like a, yeah, just a, I mean, it was basically, I, I, and I hope it didn't happen, but if my match today was in fact streamed, it, it would have looked like that, yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it was worse. So, oh, oh, wow. I was there, this is probably a good pod story actually. I was at the Nintendo World Championships like two or three years ago for Mashable, and no one else was covering it. I was just there because I was at E3. I'm like, this is probably the most fun I'm gonna have. And it was a really fun series of events for other games, but there was an exhibition match between Reggie and Hungrybox where Reggie was playing Ryu, who was a DLC character being announced. Hungrybox is playing a character he's been playing for 10 years, right? Oh, no. So, <laughs> match starts, it's a two-minute match. It's not a stock match, which is already nails on the chalkboard for literally every scene who's involved. Anyone who cares, like, why? Yeah, why? Well, that, well, that's no time at all. Yeah, so, like, I think the first move, Reggie walks off to the edge of the screen, um, uppercuts and self-deaths, self like, falls straight down, Whoa. does it again. Again, like a second time in 20 seconds, and then HBox just walls him off stage a third time. I think he dies six times in two minutes. It's unholy. Wow. It was, it was mean. It wasn't mean. It was Juan wasn't even like bodying him on purpose. It was just like Reggie had no idea what he's doing. It was right. a spectacle. Wow. But, but yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic about Smash Switch. Okay. Yeah. Well, so and we're, I now we're just getting into the podcast. So this will be my last question. Uh, the so how would you like I understand how it works like to stream this or to sort of like do this at a tournament I, I guess you could do that with switch like would that would that be feasible is that something that's going to be like a logistics nightmare it's tough it was, one of the things that stressed me out when they announced smash switch was everyone bringing their own switch to the tournament yeah and like not that theft is like a big deal in the scene but like good god just your console being your controller just compounds that. It's a risk. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I feel like hopefully they have a client, like an OBS client, like every good eSport does. Like, I'm, I'm praying for that for this. They can't not. Because, like, Nintendo's been, like, very slowly but surely thinking about eSports. I know um, Splatoon and their people are, like, really pushing for Splatoon. Which is great news, it's a phenomenal game. And I'm hoping that'll help the Smash Switch situation. Like, that'll be a mutual benefit that Nintendo just recognizes the things necessary for eSports and just moves on them. Like, kind of like how in Overwatch everyone's shaking Blizzard by the shoulders, like, can we please have a map? A map. One fucking map. Right. Like, like, when you go to CCS Go in a major, there's the two opposing screens in yep. the middle there's a live map it. yeah it's fantastic it's so it's so yeah. good you can you can immediately watch it yeah it's like watching european soccer the result is that the 12 year old behind me knows all everything about the game to the point where he can only make inside jokes right yeah it's like everyone's so well educated for it it's great <laughs> yeah. 
All right, man. Well, um, uh, last question. What, if any, if you were getting someone into the FGC scene, particularly for Melee, what would you suggest? So you got to go to locals. Like, Netplay is like a, a peculiar thing with Melee specifically because it's the first time Melee's had an online function and you didn't have to physically be at a CRT to play. But just go to your local. Like, as someone who's gone to locals, for like four years, like you'll make some new best friends. Like absolutely, if you if you buy into the game, you will make actual friends who give a shit about your life, and they will help you get better. Like if you demonstrate uh, willingness, people will take you under their arm immediately. Wow. Cool. And if some if you if someone's bodying you and you seem willing, they'll like give you tips the whole time. Like, yeah, I was encouraged to come back, and then I came back. Like. That's the way it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, thanks, Phil. You can follow Phil at Nil Follin. Uh, do it. He's good follow. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. <laughs> So, uh, my name's Trevor, I'm doing For No Cartridge, uh, and your handle is? It's Grand Baby Chris. Okay, and uh, Chris, is that your name? Or? Yeah, yeah, my name's Chris, you know, Chris for short. There you go, cool. Um, so, uh, you beat me in the match, you did really well. Um, you're the first person I'm able to talk to who actually like, beat me, so like, that's great, and not that you're the first. Um, how long have you been playing? What you, what's, your, what's your sort of training regime? How do you, how do you handle these games? Uh, so I've been playing uh, since like February. Uh, I got the game probably like, a couple weeks after launch. Okay. Um, I'd say like my training regimen. I mostly like stick to online. You know, like, I'll stick to like training room a little bit. And, you know, just play like casual matches online. You know, just like get as much like character variety as I can. Um, you know, on uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, I play uh, you know Goku, Piccolo, and Tien. You know, and I've been playing them since you know day one. I, I really like the team. I think they're all around you know pretty solid fundamentally. So. Yeah, you don't see a lot of people using Tien, but you handled him really really well. Uh, what's your strategy with him? Uh, so with TN, it's like, uh, you know, I, I keep him on point because he's, uh, you know, a little bit of a glass cannon because he you know, damages himself with his uh, you know, super, his uh, level one super anyway, even level three. Uh, so with him, I try and keep, like, you know, the ground game pretty solid with, like, you know, poking with foots, uh, his footsies because, like, his light buttons are really fast or really good, uh, you know, and I try and go for, like, a high-low mix-up, you know. And you're, you're getting called, so I'll let you do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Hey, thanks, thanks man. So I'm here at Combo Breaker. Uh, the Guilty Gear Finals just ended with a massive two-set game five. Unbelievable. Um, and I'm here with, uh, actually, you helped me get here this year. And like you're the reason I'm here in the main way. Uh, curl, at Curling W, but your actual name is? Uh, Max Wasserman, yeah. So I'm here with Max. Uh, I knew that. I just wanted to talk. Yeah, I know. Uh, but so you set this up. What, explain what this that entails. Explain what like the work you do is. Uh, so I want to take full credit because I'm actually kind of the second in command on the tournament. But um, basically, Rick uh, the, uh, at the Hado, he, he's the um, event director. So he works on getting um, like the venue. He works on getting all the equipment. He works on getting you know all the contractors that are necessary to kind of put this whole thing together. Um, and the equipment being a huge big deal about that. My job is to actually, uh, I'm the uh, competition director. Okay. So that means I'm responsible about determining the brackets for all these players, uh, many of which who are in as many as 
can enter two games, three games, four games, some as many as seven games. Wow. And I try to make sure that they're not playing two things at the same time, how best to avoid that. And basically making sure everything's kind of seated well enough that the top players are more or less separated. Um, I try to separate them as much as possible and also make sure that people aren't playing their friends because one of the big differences about this uh, the fighting game community versus other uh, video game communities is a lot of the real play takes place offline. So with, because it takes place offline, uh, when you go to a tournament, you don't want to be playing someone you play all the time offline. Sure. So we had 20 people come to this tournament from Winnipeg. Like, they signed up early. You tried to keep the Winnipeg people so out yeah, of the pools. Yeah, they got to be separated. They don't want to play each other. They play each other enough in Winnipeg. Right, sure. Well, yeah, and it seems like there's such, like, a camaraderie, too, that, like, it would be, like, sort of, uh, it would almost be, like, anticlimactic if you played your own crew. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. And certainly it, it can happen later on in bracket. That uh, that's, that's definitely not an uncommon occurrence when two players are really, really good from the same area. But yeah, it's generally, since we want to focus on the overall attendee experience, part of that experience is when you only get two losses and you're out of the tournament, you want to try to make sure that if you're playing early on in pools and you're not expecting to make it out, you want to play new people. Yeah. That's why you come here. Although, to be fair, uh, when, you're not, when we're not running the tournament, uh, the stations are open for casuals. Everyone's like, most of the stations have been pretty much, like, people have been on them all night. We're open 24 hours for two days. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Uh, oh, sorry, I thought it was in your way, sorry. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the casuals have just been, like, packed the whole time. It's been amazing. And the Blaze Blue uh, cross tag and the Soul Calibur boots, I mean, it's just been, like, everyone's so into, everyone's just so into fighting games. Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, an event that brings people together. together. Uh, people, you know, bring their families here to watch them compete. A lot of, you know, locals out here, because we're in St. Charles. We're in, like, the deep uh, west suburbs yeah. of Chicago. So anyone from St. Charles, like, uh, and you're in mildly interested in video games, this is a big event. Well, yeah, you got to go then. You don't have to take a train ride in every day. Exactly. And then we got the, uh, we had the guy who took our order at the Culver's a couple days ago saying, oh, man, I'm so hyped. It's a, <laughs> uh, so excited for the tournament. You got nice. friends coming in. That's yeah. Well, they're, they got to be hype anyway because the Culver's got a ton of business from what I can see from you guys. They have ran out of food uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> I, so they, I think they were prepared this they're year. Prepped. So um, I, I know you've got a million things to do, so I won't keep you here too long. But like, tell me, like, so like, there's, there's merch here, there's uh, exhibitions, there's auctions, there's mystery, tour team tour uh, mystery tournaments. There's like a million things going on. Like, do you, do you guys make sure that you focus on that kind of like maximum content or like do, do you pride yourselves on like a sort of like broad focus or do you feel there's some things that you like specialize in that are like particularly combo breaker uh, there's a few things i would say the auction tournaments are very much a combo breaker thing That's a amazing. lot of the side events because one of the things about combo breaker which taken from the predecessor tournament ufgt um was that to have the exhibition events not just be two top players playing a, a long set for a lot of money which certainly can be exciting in its own way uh but we tried to have events that anyone can partake in. Yeah. That's what the whole point of the auction tournaments. You can bid on a character, Justin Wong can bid on a character. You can bid against Justin Wong for the same character. Let's <laughs> see. So that's why, um, that's one of the main things we try to do that it's very much a combo breaker thing. Uh, it's, 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 it's hard to f kind of fit them all in, but of course, since we're a 24 hour venue, that certainly helps a little bit about getting them all in. So explain the 24-hour venue thing to me, because I saw that on the on the schedule, and that just I, I didn't quite know what you meant by that. Uh, basically, this room, uh, this big, um, basically a kind of convention area, um, uh, kind of an expo center area, uh, it's been open 24 hours from the time we opened at 10 a.m. on Friday wow. up, until, uh, up until we close with the end of uh, Dragon Ball Z tonight. Um, it's been open the whole entire time. 
And so if you want to play casuals, it used to be that uh, venues would close for, for obvious reasons. Um, and people would have to you know, take their subs back to their hotel room and then play out the matches there. But no, they don't even need to do that. They can just stay here. So do you get people here at like 3 a.m. just playing casuals? Uh, there's definitely a lot of all-night fiends. Nice. Uh, people preparing, if, or some people like, if they don't want to wake up for their early pools. <laughs> they just stay here. They just stay here all night. I get it, man. That 10, that 10 a.m. pool was rough. Um, well, uh, let, me get, let me let you get back to it, but let me ask you the last question that I've been asking everyone here. What if you like have to tell anyone about FGC? I mean, people who listen to the podcast are sort of like, some are really into it, some don't know anything about it. I'm new to it, but I'm really like, the weekend has really taught me about like why it's appealing. But like, what do you, what would you have to say about the FGC? Like, what do you, what would you say to someone who is new? Actually, I would say that it's just a great community, and part of the reason is that you have to, in order to do it correctly, you got to go out, you got to go find where people are playing locally. You got to play them, and that's how you make friends, and that's how you. Uh, meet new people, which is probably precursor to making friends, I would say. Probably, yeah. Probably. probably. Makes sense to uh, me. See. But yeah, and that's, you know, just how you can get more involved and you meet Etsy. And it's just, if you like these games at all, uh, uh, it depends. Uh, there's probably a game out there that you might like. They're very, very different. We just watched the Guilty yeah. Gear. Uh, Tekken's coming up right after that. Which is like, couldn't be more different. Yeah. Etsy, yeah, very, very different games. Not uh, The Tekken community uh, itself is, you know, obviously one of the oldest ones. And then we've got like a lot of new communities like Skullgirls. They're very passionate about that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is is just, it's a great uh, atmosphere. It's a great uh, amount of camaraderie between people. Because at some point, everyone's here for the same reason. And that's to watch uh, Goichi beat Sonic Fox and Dragon Ball Z again. <laughs> that's right. Um, and are you going to pick up another game? Are you going to are you going to re-enter the competitive scene? I know like you were a Virtua, Virtua Fighter guy. It's not it's not coming back. But are you are you making a comeback? Uh, probably not. I don't think I was ever that good to begin with. I'm a lot better at running the tournaments. So for right now, I think I'll stick to what I'm good at. Well, it's it's been a total success. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And follow him at Curling W and come to Combo Breaker next year. It's a blast. Oh uh, yeah, thank you very much. So, all right, well, I'll start it out. So, uh, no cartridge, uh, my name's Trevor. Um, what, is your, uh, what is your handle? What's, your, what's this unforgettable handle that I hear about? Uh, it is let's get acid, all one word. <laughs> and then, like, uh, do you find that that's the best way to play fighting games? Uh, I wouldn't dare play like that, but it's <laughs> nice to imagine. It's like, I, I was wondering if you were pulling like a Doc Ellis no-hitter over here. Like oh, the, yeah. <laughs> a nice story to tell the kids. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so you won the mystery game tournament, which I watched a little bit of, is that correct? You are correct. So I watched a little bit above that before. Um, it's pretty wild. Can you kind of explain the concept to people who might not be familiar? Sure thing. So every round of the tournament is a completely different game. Some you may have heard of, like there's Mario Kart 64 or Art of Fighting 3, old SNK games like that. But as you get further down, the games become more obscure. And some aren't even, I would call, real games. <laughs> like, you know, like ROM hacks almost. Um, a lot of them are imports you've never heard of. Okay. Um, so yeah, it just gets crazier and crazier as you go down. So what was, uh, I, I've heard like tell of these, these amazing final games, like when Icebreaker, when like Break the Ice, the physical game was used as oh, a final man. one. Uh, I wish I was in that. Yeah, I know. Someone, like, I, was, I was talking about it online. I was like, this mystery tournament thing's amazing. And someone was like, you got to see this and send me the YouTube. Uh, what was the final game this time? What, what, did you, what did you win on? I'm trying to remember the name. It was like Clash of Giants Dinosaur Strike, something like that, <laughs> for the Wii. It was, so it's a very, okay. very awful dinosaur fighting game for the Wii. 
All right. And did you have to play with Wii controllers? Yes. Wow. There, there was some motion control involved, which is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your favorite of the ones that you ended up uh, playing? Oh. Favorite can be like favorite because it's bad or favorite because it's good. It's not, you know. Sure. Uh, my favorite was probably the first game I played. It's a Saturn import fighting game called uh, something like Asuka 120% Burning Heat. <laughs> so it's it's an anime fighting game. I don't know the quality of it, but it was just really wild and really fun. Nice. Well, thanks, man. This is great. Uh, anything you'd say to people looking to get into the FGC? Like, uh, apparently you've been in for a while. How long have you been in it? Um, you know what? Once the uh, the reboot of Mortal Kombat came out in 2011, that's okay. when I started playing fighting games kind of seriously. Nice. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, um, got a little bit more and more serious. I found the local scene in Chicago uh, at Galloping Ghost Arcade. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing yeah. a lot about Galloping Ghost. It's a great place to go if you're from the area. And then made a lot of friends from there and just kept returning. Right on, dude. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Anywhere people can follow you on Twitter or anything? Uh, at Let's Get Acid. All right, well, good handle, so I'll, I'll follow. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate All right, it. Thank you. Thanks, dude. So, uh, my name is Trevor. I'm on No Cartridge. That's the, the podcast I'm doing this for. Um, so, you are a commentator. Uh, what's your name first? Sorry, you should. Uh, I'm, my name is Isaiah Patrick Phillips, and I'm the Abonic Plague, as a lot of people know me. Uh, yeah, it's a name that stands out quite a bit. That's awesome. Uh, so. So talk to me about uh, talk to me about commentating on this. So you commented on the on the Blaze Blue top eight, which I heard from you just now was like amazing. I was just listening to Maj and Obama do the the top eight for for Guilty Gear. There's like, it is it is more energetic than hearing an NFL game get commentated. Like it, it the the energy and sort of like the knowledge that goes into it is is kind of amazing. So like, how do you sort of prepare for what's your what's your take on it? Do you have like an approach that you use? So for me specifically, um, I do a lot of studying of the players, but with Blaze Blue in particular, I've studied them like so much that at this point it's not really like a studying that's going on anymore. Okay. Um, but in terms of approach, it's really just all about the love of the game, right? You know everything about your game, you love the game, you want to see that action. So you talk about everything that's going on and you just like, you don't always have to keep it to the game, but keeping to the game and like putting that Winnie Banner in at the same time can always work out for you. You heard Majin Obama, you talked about Majin Obama. That dude is some of the best in the business at making it energetic. One of the great things about fighting games and commentating fighting games is that despite the fact that like, you know, NFL is huge and whatnot, is everything is pound for pound. Action is constantly flowing. Yeah. So it's, it's just a matter of keeping up and just a matter of keeping your head in the game. You just gotta be watching. And do you like, so do you, I noticed a little bit with uh, Guilty Gear, and I'm sure this is true with Blaze Blue too, especially like the Arc Systems uh, fighting games. I mean, they're so complex. So like, do you, do you focus on like educating the crowd while you're doing it or you just focus on commentating? Um, so uh, first off, I want to say the Arc Systems games are not as complex as they seem, trust me. Okay. It's going to seem daunting at first, trust me. But when you get into it, it's really not so bad. Um, they also have very excellent tutorials to get you around those little hurdles. Um, that seemed so big at first, but anyway, um, can you repeat the second part of the question? Sorry. Yeah. So do you do you like do you try and educate the audience at all? Like let them know what's going on. And stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, in terms of educating the audience, and in terms of like choosing whether or not I want to be hype or educational, um, so pool play I consider to be um, a, the area of education okay. where you would normally pick more education over hype. Uh, my style in particular for commentary is a mix of both. I like to get loud while still telling you exactly what just <laughs> happened because 
while it is, while I do believe that Arxis games are not terribly complex, not everybody watches them and pays attention to them too long, but they pretty much always tune into a top eight because it's always ridiculous. Yeah. So I have to make sure I tell everybody what's going on regardless of what they know, but still keeping the flow of the energy. Okay. And you did, like, so, like, I know in, like, baseball, for instance, like, I've listened to a lot of baseball games, there's always, like, a play-by-play -play, play -play guy and a color guy. Yep. Does that work the same way in fighting games, and uh, are you a play-by-play or color? In fighting games, that's a very, very common duo and quite possibly just the best type of duo, for yeah. even for fighting games. Um, for me in particular, I, I was in a region where there was no commentators, right? So I had to learn how to be both. Yeah, you were you were like a one-man show. Yeah, yeah. so nice. like I, I I like I've done solo commentary for hours before, straight up. Wow. And um, so when when I get in the mic, it it actually took me a real long time to not figure out how to speak over my co-commentator. <laughs> like I'm still working on it, and I know I've got the issue, but like it it's it's hard to pinpoint me at a specific style. I like if if you want to like say something in particular. Um, because I used to be a player, I really get into the mind of the players like on the stage. That cool. that is my that is my forte. That is my niche, because I know what I would do here, and it's probably what they're going to do here, kind okay. of deal. So you're like a vet, basically. Uh, veteran, not, not like not like a, a foreign wars. No, but like, yeah. I, I wouldn't really call myself like terribly a veteran, but like you know, I I'm I'm relatively young in comparison to not only some of the commentators, but just some of the people in the scene. And like, I'm also just a young dude in general. I'm only 23 years old. Okay. So nice. Well, I mean, like, you're, you've already lived lived lives, man. That's great. Um, well, thank you. This has been great. Is there anything that you want people to know about FGC? I mean, obviously, you kind of like, you know, are in, we're, we're in a younger scene. You sort of came up in a in a younger scene and sort of, you know, seems like you enriched it a lot too. Like, uh, so you said you're in Portland, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm based out of Portland, Oregon, and uh, I currently lead the scene down there. And uh, basically, we started from six-man round robins and now we have 80 people at a tournament every month awesome straight up and like that seems like so would you say it's like a lot of camaraderie a lot of friendship like a lot of like... uh, so one of the things that happens in scenes actually um to speak about the, on the camaraderie is different scenes they usually have like six different facebook groups for all their different games right <laughs> so what i set out to do was to put everybody in the same area to make sure all the information was in one place and that not only allowed everybody to know where to go when they were looking for something, say if they wanted to switch games, but you see all this like cross friendships between different games that normally, normally the Tekken players probably wouldn't talk with like say the, the Guilty Gear players in my scene a lot, but they do because they're all a part of the same unit. And I wanted to make sure that was how that worked. That's really cool. Well, thanks, man. Is there anywhere people can follow you on Twitter or anywhere else? Uh, yeah, so on Twitter, you can follow me at at Ebonic Plague BB, as in Blaze Blue. You might have guessed. Makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Well, I will be following you, and I will be uh, bothering you once uh, Cross Tag comes out, and I am terrible at it. Oh, hey, uh, speaking of that, actually, I am coming out for a tutorial with the game, so uh, a video tutorial. So if you, uh, if you think you might be too bad, hit up the in-game tutorial, watch mine. You'll probably be fine. Okay. All right. I'm into it. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you so much.